listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Cero miedo! Because the Warhorse will fight! Until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! No pain, no comfort, no entity. All pro wrestling No more questions. Not that damn now. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Journey into Wrestling, Season 4, Episode 13. As always, I am your host, Nate, and today joining me through the power of the internet. Welcome back once again, the king of the podcasting ring, Buckles. How you doing, my friend? I am existing inside my own Hell in a Cell today, man. <laughs> I think we are all existing in Hell in a Cells right we're all, now. We're all in Elimination Chamber pods these days. Oh, yes. Absolutely, man. It's uh, a crazy world we live in. Coronavirus is stopping things. It's yeah. killing people. It's becoming a real big deal. Yeah, it's one it's, of those it's things where they're like, hey, we're shutting Earth down. What's the... Uh, oh, God... There was a line, or a meme I saw the other day that was uh, the line from uh, from Infinity War. Earth or, uh, is closed Earth today. Earth is closed. Yes, come back later. Oh, Get God. lost, Squidward. It has been the most surreal. I mean, really, it goes for everybody, for anything, not just wrestling, but uh, the most surreal of like the last week that I can remember. Like Really, the most surreal week I, can, I think I've experienced since September 11th, which is fucking weird to say. For and sure. even and what's weird to me is that like it's surreal and weird thinking about it on a wrestling perspective. It's been a very bizarre week that in that regard. The world is weird we know too it. because I think that to even get into the to the wrestling stuff, you almost have to kind of go back a little bit further and talk about the NBA because right. their decision to shut down games and it was it went from they made the announcement like hey in a couple games we're not going to have a crowd to. Mm-hmm. During a game like that was getting ready to go to tip off with a crowd in tow, 
hey, people who are in our locker rooms in this building have coronavirus, yep. run, motherfuckers. Yep. And uh, it went downhill from there in a hurry. It went for downhill from there in a hurry. A couple Utah Jazz players. Today we saw Kevin Durant has tested positive for coronavirus. Kevin Garnett as well. Fucking crazy. Kevin Garnett as well. Jeez. Fucking man, Idris Elba. Tom Hanks. Fucking, it's, it's just Idris getting, Elba? Yeah, announced yesterday. Uh, it, it's uh, it's a really it's really stunning, but it was one of those things too where like you hear NBA with no crowd and you're like fuck, I kind of want to see that. Like I'm really intrigued by how that's going to go because really they're playing a game regardless of what the audience is doing. They're in right. their own little bubbles, right? You know? Uh, I mean football. I mean XFL was uh, going. That was still kind of a thing. I mean XFL obviously their stadiums were already pretty much empty anyway, so I'm not really sure why they ended their season, but. In no. good faith, I guess. Yeah. It's honestly like the wrestling aspect of it has been bizarre to watch. And really the sporting aspect of the world, as we know, and you touched on with the NBA, everything shut down. The NBA, then the NCAA, and then the NHL, and then the NCAA pretty much for good, just we're done. Uh, and then the last thing standing through some, you know, cosmic irony, the last sporting events left are auto racing and WrestleMania. And it stayed that way for a good long while. It's uh, really the last couple, the last week or so in terms of wrestling, the wrestling world has been surreal and depressing and... And at times, almost kind of uplifting in its own way. Um, the WrestleMania being the key to it, it couldn't. This could not have come at a worse time for anybody. I mean, there's, there's no good time for it. We know that, but the fact that WrestleMania Week has gotten as big as it is, uh, I mean, I don't even hardly know where to begin. Like, we can look at. The well, let's let's look at it from the the wrestling or from a WWE only for at least for a start. Yeah, I think that's a great place let's start to start. With, let's just start with WWE. I mean, considering the first taste we had of uh, an empty arena in the in this new era of wrestling, especially with what we have dealing with with this coronavirus, was the SmackDown right? They, mm-hmm. The the Friday night episode of SmackDown was the first without audience, right? And really, it was the first uh, sporting event shown without an audience, to my knowledge. It like was The NBA weird. never got that way. The NBA never even had a chance to do one. No, NCAA no, 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 no. But, like, I mean, dude, yeah. just, it was weird. I, I know. I tried. I was uh, going to live tweet the show, and I had to pull out. I had to tap out. I couldn't do it. It was too fucking weird. Um, And, like. Credit where credit's due. Credit to them for trying. And uh, from what I understand now, it was uh, Triple H and Cole on commentary. Triple H wasn't supposed to do commentary the whole night. They pulled an audible during the show and let him keep at it because he was doing so well. And truthfully, that was one of the high points of it was the fact that you had Triple H on commentary doing great stuff. Ribbon Cole and just all kinds of shit. But... As soon as they cut to Bailey and Sasha with the first match on SmackDown, the first wrestlers to come out on SmackDown, 
and to no fanfare, just the music. And it was already odd to see, but then they're, because, I mean, they're used to playing to a crowd. They're playing to a crowd that's not there. Like they're posing and they're grabbing microphones when there's only four people in the room. They're standing six feet away from, from Cole and Triple H with no one else to interrupt them and no one to talk over and they're getting microphones. It was just, it was bizarre and almost kind of try hard in a way. And it just felt really weird. And I mean, there were some good things. Hell, we got a Cesaro Daniel Bryan match out of it, which hell I'm up for anyway. But again, you can practically hear them calling spots on the fly because there's, you could hear a pin drop in there. Let me, let me interject here real quick and, sure. and throw a thought out there. Now, I didn't see the first opening minutes of SmackDown, so if this is something mm-hmm. that they did, my bad. But I feel in this time that we're currently in, in the current climate and the environment, we're going to go there, we're going to go, we're going to hear both sides of the argument in a minute, and I'm sure you're going to lobby the other way, and, and we're going to talk about what's happening now tonight, which right. if you're listening to this on release day, we're going to have more to discuss as of this episode dropping because we're going to see what AEW's product with right. the crowd is like. But, um, you know, if it was me, I would come out as soon as, okay, so sure, you have the SmackDown music playing, whatever. It's weird because you're, you're playing to nobody and you're trying to put on a presentation mm-hmm. for television and it's not translating the same. And I think I would have just come out with no fanfare. Hey, folks, this is a very real time. Right. We're all human beings. Any it, single person right yeah. now, any person that's listening to this podcast, any person on Earth, kid could be a carrier, could have the virus, could mm-hmm. be minutes away from a bad time, you know, and uh, there's no guarantees. So what we're going to do to take your mind off it instead of trying to get you right, storyline right, right. ready for WrestleMania like we normally would, here are just some good, fun, amazing matches between some great talent to really showcase what we mm-hmm. can do. Let's get into it. And boom, you just... You play That's, their music, they walk out. Yeah, you don't have to have the crazy fucking super. I honestly wouldn't have even had the 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 like lights in right. the arena lit up. I'll, I would I'll have be had honest it with they you, just I'm, the ring is lit up, everything else black. I'm glad you kind of. I'm glad you put it like that. That's what you would do because essentially that's exactly what they did. Um, they they started the show with just Triple H standing there and talking about. You know, what we do is is entertain you. We try to give you something to get your mind off of. We try to give you something to make you laugh, to make you smile. You know, we want to be a, a, a distraction. We want to be something to help you get by. So, you know, this is a weird time for everybody. This is a messed up thing. I know this isn't what you're expecting or what you're used to, but let us, you know, do what we do and try to entertain you. That's ex- almost word for word exactly what Triple H said. Um, now granted they had all the laser lights and everything from SmackDown, but presentation wise, that's pretty much exactly what they tried to do. And to an extent succeeded on, it was just when they actually started bringing people out to the ring that it got really weird and it was going, there was no way it wasn't going to be. Well, I guess here's my, my Nate soapbox. Mm -hmm. When I'm tuning in and... Okay, uh, I I cannot remember. I don't recall who was in the match at all. 
I have no recollection because it was just this one moment in time that stood out. I didn't get to watch a lot of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. But I'm watching this match. It's a ladies' match. If I remember, if memory serves, uh, it was Nikki and Alexa versus Bailey and Sasha. I do believe. Okay, sure. I, I think so too. Mm-hmm. It was early in the night, so sure that that mm-hmm. that makes sense. And the they're shooting this as if there's a crowd. They're shooting right. this with the production, with the same cuts right. and angles, as if nothing has changed. Right. And I'm like, no, really, seriously, everything has changed. Give us yeah. fucking yeah. two camera angles. Make this like almost like WWE unplugged, motherfuckers. What they this should really be like need. live, you know? What they need to do, and here's, here's uh, I'm not going to say soapbox, but one of my issues with WWE in general is that Kevin Dunn is a terrible producer, for one thing. If you watch Raw and SmackDown with the crowd, he's terrible. If you got jump cuts, you have these little zoom in and zoom out shit, it's nuts. What they needed to do was really go back to almost what you see on the indies. Uh, what you see on like Beyond Wrestling, where it's just two guys walking around with a fucking uh, hand cam. And like one angle mm-hmm. that they hard yeah. shoot. Um, it's really it's because Kevin Dunn doesn't know how to do anything differently. That's I mean the the biggest extent of it. Um, well, and then I like okay, so continuing on the like train of soapbox, just so mm-hmm. I can throw this out here for you to to digest while we're mm-hmm. early in this show, and you can still stomach all this crazy thoughts in my head. Uh, in that same match, we have a run in. Yeah. <laughs> the most effective and also yeah. most ineffective run-in in the history of pro wrestling. Why mm-hmm. is it the most effective, you might ask? No one saw her coming. Not the crowd. Yeah. No one. Because there was no one to see her mm-hmm. coming. Maybe H and Cole saw her, but they were probably too focused on everything oh, no. else. And then Triple H actually made, he actually made the joke while it happened. Of, wow, no one saw her coming. <laughs> Like, he actually referenced that direct thing. Like, Triple H was on it all night. So, I mean, you know, okay, and that's good, but then, like, also bad. You're doing run-ins at a show Mm -hmm. where if that would have happened in front of a crowd, there would have been a reaction to Asuka coming out and doing that. Right. It wouldn't have just been met to silence, and silence Mm -hmm. doesn't sell. So when you're seeing it, you're just like, oh, yep. Here's that a, wrestling angle they're trying to put over, and it just... Right. It's like, I hate to say it, man. This is an opportunity for wrestling as a whole to take a step back and realize that in the modern era, one thing that is more prevalent and evident than ever now, the audience is just as important as the performers. Right. Very true. In I every mean, aspect, because they are... We, I should say mm-hmm. we, motherfucker, you and I, Buckles, we are the people who go to the shows and, and people like us and then we, we sit in the crowds and there's an electricity in the room and you mm-hmm. pick up on an energy and a certain person's music hits and you fucking mark out because you're stoked to see this person live and you weren't it makes a necessarily huge difference. expecting it, absolutely, it. It absolutely does make a huge difference. Um, And I, I think that, you know... Out of a thousand times, nine hundred ninety-nine times, they're going to want to have that crowd involved as much as possible. They can't. They know what it's like to not be able to. It's just unfortunate that they they don't have a choice in this regard. It's like I'm not saying this to be an apologist for WWE by any stretch of the word, but I mean, there isn't really much way for them to not address that elephant in the room. Like they, it's either. 
don't show any shots of the outside at all. Now having a run in is stupid. I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat. That is a dumb idea. Um, the same way on uh, on Raw yesterday, they had Becky Lynch come out and cut a promo, you know, by herself in an empty ring in an empty arena, no one else in the building or no one else supposedly or very limited people in the building, and then they cut to Shayna Baszler in the back watching it on a TV, and you know the exact same angle you'll see it on Raw any other week of the year. And you're just like, uh, yeah. excuse me, why yeah. don't you just go yeah. into if the you, empty ass yeah, arena? There's no right one now. there to stop you. No, no one. Literally, it's it's. They lean so hard on their cliches because they don't know. I mean, on one hand, they don't really know what they're doing. No one's ever had to run empty arena shows like this, so it's completely uncharted territory for them, and, and understandably so. But they're also leaning on their old tropes, which really don't do that well in a vacuum. Like, in a normal setting, they don't look that great. It's dumb having someone just standing there and watching the TV all the time, standing at angles that no one ever stands at. But when you when you throw it out now in an empty arena, it just exacerbates it so much more that it looks, looks ludicrous. Um, I will say, from Raw to SmackDown this week, they did improve some things. Okay. Like, they, uh, the Edge promo... They kept that on his face the entire time. It was wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Um, they didn't cut around to the crowd quite as much. Even like during the Andrade match, the andrade Ray match. They yeah, didn't that was quite, one of the matches I did yeah, see. I did tune they in didn't for. quite zoom around quite as much. They're learning a little bit, but they're learning on the fly. And it's going to take growing pains, and I, I can't fault them for that. You know, so every, you think that as we get deeper into this pandemic and as we are quarantined longer, we are going to be experiencing an evolution of product within an evolution of product, which is really inceptive evolution, which is fucking maybe, crazy. Maybe. Um, maybe. It really... Right now they've announced that pretty much all WWE events, until further notice, are going to be audience-free at the Performance Center, which, I mean, is, again, completely understandable. They don't really have another option for it, short of not having the shows, and USA Network's not going to allow that. But um, I feel like they're going, if as long as they're willing to learn, you know, what works best and what doesn't work, then we could see an evolution on their programming. We could see some new new ideas and some new things come about that, you know, when they finally get back to the audience and the, the stage shows and everything, that they'll be able to use, they'll be able to have that little uh, bullet in the gun, so to speak. So they may learn some things here, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm glad, honestly, that we're going to have a, a couple more shows between now and WrestleMania because it allows them to uh, fine-tune it as much as they can. Perfect the the, right. the format. Fine-tune it what they have, at least, to that point. WrestleMania is going to be fucked up. I mean, they announced it yesterday. WrestleMania will be at the Performance Center with no audience. We are getting the the WrestleMania equivalent of the empty arena match. And it's very, it's, this is going to be very, very interesting and mm-hmm. really a testament to what WWE is willing to do. I also read quite possibly the funniest fucking tweet. Sure. Out of this whole was thing it, is seen. I, I'm, Did you yeah, see I was going to say, I knew it was punks. I knew it was going to be. <laughs> he said, he said, well, at least with an empty arena, fans can't boo Roman winning, and they can't chant for me. It's very true, for one. Um, 
it's the the real irony, the cosmic irony of them having this WrestleMania completely like on the fly. Essentially, is that leading up to it? There's no interest in this mania. You and I talked about it before. This is one of the worst mania cards they've had in quite a while, and now there's reason to watch, or there's at least interest in it. It's like a train wreck you don't want to look away yeah, from, man. Exactly. Like, I don't. I still don't want to see Reigns and Goldberg. I don't want to see Goldberg with the title at all. I don't care. Even but, with the finish that I wrote, right? <laughs> but, but I mean, really, at this point, Reigns versus uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Goldberg does because literally, he is not work rate at all. He is all crowd reaction. Like, he has two moves. That's it. <laughs> I never even thought about that. He's like, fucked. Like he's always, his entire career has been based on crowd reaction. Let me ask you a question. Sure. If you are Vince, and this is kind of the thing that you realize has happened. Now, one headline that we're going to touch on in a little bit that we'll dive deeper is they have moved the Hall of Fame to SummerSlam weekend right. at this point. Are they, was that official yet, or they've just talked about it? It's official. That's official. I haven't seen it officially. Okay. Yeah, they've canceled uh, the NXT before. They've canceled the Hall of Fame. Wait, they canceled the TakeOver? F- What's up? They actually canceled TakeOver? Yes. There will be I no have not TakeOver seen that. before. Okay. So, and I mean, uh, this is per comicbook.com, folks, so if they're wrong, fuck them. Well, I'm looking at cage side right now because they're my most up to the date. So we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they do. To be honest with you. Uh, but okay. So back to what I was saying. Sure. In this time, all this craziness, you've had shit that's that's now being canceled. We're having segmented shows heading into quote unquote WrestleMania 30, 36, the show with no fans. <laughs> I wish. I hope they drop the pirate theme because there's no reason to have it anymore. Yeah, so my question is this. Okay, so do you, with a few, you said it yourself, with a few weeks here before Mania, do you go, eh, fuck it, scrap your plans, and start maybe making shock changes live on Raw and SmackDown title changes, man? Like, have Goldberg lose on Raw, or, or on SmackDown is what I meant to say. Sorry, I know where he's at. But have Goldberg lose on SmackDown, lose the title, since you said you know he's not a work rate guy or whatever, and you already plan on putting Reigns over. You're not you're gonna have a crowd now. Maybe put Reigns over here and start setting up a bigger feud, so that when you have your payoff and fans finally get back into it, there's even more reason because Goldberg's not gonna last till August no. or September. So the question is, would I? Yes, I absolutely would. Will WWE? Hell no. Absolutely not. Yeah. They will not. Vince will not do that. Vince will not change plans like that because those are his plans. Well, this will probably show him how stupid he is and how he needs to be flexible. I would completely agree with that, except in order for him to see that he needs to be flexible, he has to be willing to accept that. And I don't think that's in his, in his makeup whatsoever. Well, considering like, he didn't even want to cancel WrestleMania or at least have it moved and refused until... Tampa so he, was like, "Listen, bro." So here's the thing on that. I I will I will I will give Vince shit on this or on most things. I won't give him shit on that. Actually, because I understand why they the game of chicken between the city of Tampa and WWE was completely understandable. The city of Tampa does not have the authority to shut them down 
directly does not have the authority to tell them you cannot do this. All they can do is make a recommendation. Here's the thing. WWE is an insured property. They have that event insured. And if they canceled it of their own accord, if Vince says we're pulling the plug on it, they don't get their money back. If they canceled of their own free will, no one forcing them to or no one telling them to, they lose the money that they had sunk into it. And that ain't no small chunk of change. By having the state or the city tell them to or threaten them to or say, we will make some sort of step in to do this, then they would get their money back. It literally was a game of chicken to say, I'm not going to cancel this because I lose a lot if I cancel this. So I'm waiting for you to tell me to cancel it. So, so pretty Vince, much, though, since Vince they stuck were forced to, to move it, they don't cancel it, but they still sunk a lot of money in it. Is there some sort of insurance that backs them up in that situation? Not necessarily. I don't think they're. I think they lose a small amount based on the. They won't have takeover. They won't have the Hall of Fame, but they're still having the event on the day they said they were going to have it. True. So they're. They didn't so much cancel it as they just moved it. I will say this gives them a really interesting advantage that they could gimmick that whole arena. Mm-hmm. There's a lot they can do with it. Like I'm, I'm actually really interested to see how the fiend goes over. I'm interested to see what they do for Undertaker, that kind of thing. There is a lot that they can do, and when it comes to presentation, WWE's really good at it. So it could look really interesting. We'll we'll see. There's um, a kid somewhere in the world who watched the Super Showdown Blood Money 5, mm-hmm. sees Goldberg beat The Fiend, starts crying. God damn mm-hmm. Goldberg beat The Fiend. The Fiend is my favorite character. And I right. just, it's fucking bullshit. Bray Wyatt should have went to WrestleMania as a champion. I wish they'd just fucking cancel WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't want anybody to see it. Yeah. Some kid is like, holy shit, they kind of canceled WrestleMania. Now yeah. nobody's going to pop for anything yeah, they're yeah. doing. And the sad thing is there are, I, mean, well, I should say there are, there is at least one really good story in in WrestleMania that won't get the, the pop it should get, and that's the Edge and uh, Orton thing. Yeah, um, my hope is the Edge can find a way to stick around a little bit longer and get that I payoff think, I think SummerSlam, that's the which looks like their end game to be... Uh, the makeup for Mania. I, I do believe so. I think his deal is, is a little bit longer. I don't think he's just a one-and-done guy at this point. But Not going to lie, them, he needs to feud with Cena one more time. Uh, I could see it. I, God, I don't know. I, I fucking think, loved their feud, bro. They're, I mean, listen. You'd have to turn, I wasn't you'd a have huge to turn Cena Edge fan, heel, and I don't see that But happen. I was a big-ass Edge fan. Here's the thing. is I would love to see them revisit that, but you'd have to turn Edge heel to do it. And coming back from neck surgery, he ain't a heel. <laughs> and the fan, the fans will not boo him. <laughs> Same way they wouldn't boo Reigns coming off of uh, leukemia. They're not. Maybe gonna this boo him is right the away. time you turn Cena heel and make it a very interesting program. Eh, maybe um, Cena's jealous because he he leaves and nobody wants him to come back. Edge leaves. Everybody's fucking crying for him to come back all the time. It's bullshit. Well, it's not fair. Yeah, I mean, there's a heel turn to be made out of it. Don't get me wrong. But I don't see it being Edge. Um, Damn. I do think that he'll stick around and they'll, they'll do something a little further on. And really it's sad because that is the one storyline out of WrestleMania that is 
legitimately, you know, gripping. Everything else is a shit show. Um, yeah, that their product's been bad, bro. It has been um, uh, unpalatable. There is no storyline whatsoever between uh, between Roman and and Goldberg whatsoever. There's a good. There is a good storyline with Lesnar and, and McIntyre. That's the second best thing on the show, hands down. It sucks for them that they're not getting McIntyre's big moment in front of the crowd. Same for Rhea Ripley, but those storylines are you know they're serviceable, very serviceable. There's I saw a story, one of the best fucking memes. There is a story between Wyatt and Cena, but they've mangled it already. You know, rather than it be... Bray is still taking it from the aspect of, you know, I lost and you, you, you know, put me in a bad place and that this is my revenge on you. Whereas Cena is somehow treating it like Bray Wyatt's an entitled lazy millennial. Bad take, bro. Bad take. Yeah, it's not... It's, it's, is it's it true really they're doing dumb. some sort of Hooters bar fight? Oh, no, 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 uh, no. Uh, Bray actually tweeted something like that. It's like, this is how I want the match to be. I want it to be a Hooters uh, street fight or something like that. You just put it up on Twitter and everybody ran with it. It won't happen that way, but it's hilarious to think of. I was like, what the fuck is going on? It's, now they're having this kind of shit happen? When no, they're, it's, can't, it's doesn't it's make Bray. any sense. God damn it, my brain can't cannot it's fun, compute. It's, it's Funhouse Bray being Funhouse Bray. Um. So, yeah, there's this really weird take where Cena is accusing him of being lazy and not wanting to work enough to actually make something of himself, which is just really stupid. And anybody that watches the show can say that, you know, no, Bray Wyatt's one of the few guys there has done everything he can to reinvent himself. No, nice try. Yeah. Um, the, God, the AJ Styles-Undertaker angle is actively aggravates me it actively annoys me because it is so lazy so bad dude well yeah i mean it's not even like it's not even the you know wanting to wanting to retire the dead man or whatever it's they're using aj to do their aj's doing the same fucking thing that edge did he's blaming or he's uh that orton did he's blaming undertaker's wife for it same exact thing that orton did with beth lazy it's writing so fucking cha, cha, cha. yeah just chopping both of them up and using the same fucking angle, and now ooh, we're gonna be we're gonna be even more meta and say that oh his name's Mark ooh, like like it's gonna be some huge shocker that they actually mention the Undertaker's real name. Oh, cry me a fucking river. That's a terrible thing. That's stupid and try hard. And then the and then we get last night on on Raw, uh, semi sort of American badass Taker where it's. No, like he walks briskly down to the ring very quickly in pants and a beanie. <laughs> American like, half ass. <laughs> There's your episode title. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's um, true, though, man. It, it's, yeah, and it sucks because a lot of people have wanted to see American Badass take her back. And I have to feel like if they were actually doing this in front of a crowd and they brought the badass character back. It'd probably go over really well, even though the angle's shit. But, but right no, now, I gonna, just don't think it would get a pop. It's not the right time for it. Yeah, there, well, it won't get a pop. Period. <laughs> oh, that's but, bad. Yeah, it's just it's lazy writing all the way around, and then, God, you want to talk even more lazy writing? You and I just talked about how these empty arena shows are a chance for them to do something different, to you know show that they have some initiative or trying to do something new. And I, I'll grant you that. 
I even said something on Twitter. I'll grant that they probably couldn't get everybody to the arena that they wanted to. Like travel, travel repercussions. They're not forcing anybody to travel if they don't want to. That's completely fine. So I mean, like you didn't have McIntyre on the show last night. He may not have been able to make it. Period. So you may have just been working with the skeleton crew and doing the best you can. But you, you're telling me that you're going to run a Monday Night Raw where literally half of the show, an hour and a half, is just re-showing the Rumble. I was just going to ask what your thoughts were on that. I'm glad you naturally brought that up because to me, that seemed, let me just say it, <clears throat> fucking lazy. Yes. Yes. Because you're like, oh so. shit, we got this three hours and now we really can't fill it. What right. do we do? You they, know what I would have done? I would have done interviews, Skype interviews, fucking backstage stuff. Have somebody send it a phone video. No, I mean, those are all great. I like those. Those are good concepts to fill some of the time. Uh, who are your favorite two Raw wrestlers right now that you could name off the top of your head? Oh, Christ. Probably McIntyre. Probably Garza, maybe. Okay. Um, so uh, let's say those two were in the Performance Center. Right. Hey, McIntyre. Hey, Garza. Buckles is booking this motherfucker tonight. Right. And uh, we need to fill some time. And you guys are workhorses. Mm -hmm. You're both very talented. Garza's a bit of a heel right now. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You McIntyre's definitely a babyface right now looking towards his goal of WrestleMania. Go have a 15-minute match. Yeah. Fuck that. 15 minutes, dude. Have an Iron Man match. Hour. Let's do a half hour. Let's do a <laughs> 40 minutes. Doesn't matter. Right. Whatever. 20 minutes or beyond. If if Pac yeah. and fucking Kenny Omega can do it. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Put hell, that on, man. And, and give you know us what something match, new. Yeah. That and you know what match they had on last night? Us. Had I tuned in and seen that, I'd been like, holy shit, an Iron Man match because they don't have a crowd? That's fucking crazy. Well, Christ, they had Andrade and, or, yeah, they had Andrade and Ray in the building last night in a match. And they gave him yeah. like six minutes, seven minutes doesn't make any sense no it, it, it doesn't it doesn't and i'm not going to say that it, it again i know that they're operating with a skeleton crew so they may not have the best of ability to to put on the show that they would like to i get that so they're having to create by the seat of their pants the problem is their creative sucks that, that's the that's the crux of it is that they're being forced into a position where they have to create on the fly and they can't the wrestlers, the talent probably could if given the opportunity to. I have no doubt in my mind that they could. You give them a microphone, you put them in a match and let them go for an extended period of time, you're going to have something decent. But WWE Creative will not allow them to do that because WWE Creative is fucking terrible. It's the Flat worst. Out. So I'm hoping that they do learn something from it. Hell, the best two parts of the show last night, honestly, other than Edge's promo, which again was great, but... The best two parts of the show was Asuka screaming at random because they put her on commentary for reasons. That was hilarious. But she weird. was fucking fantastic. There was no reason for her to be out there commentating on the Andrade Ray match. She just happened to be in the building. And she just screams in Japanese and not just Japanese, but random one off English words every now and then and bizarre, weird, random screaming and noises otherwise. And she was entertaining as shit. It was fantastic. Got that crazy down, bro. Yeah. It was wonderful. And then, honestly, I dug the Austin segment, even though it was cringy as hell. 
Uh, Wonderful! Oh my god. I honestly dug it just because you could tell Austin was probably drunk as shit. <laughs> Austin um, apparently really hurt himself. Yeah, he claims to have broken his foot on uh, Byron Saxton's iron balls. <laughs> Which, props to Saxton for taking that stunner setup directly to the dick. Oh, yeah, he did. He definitely did. Like, um, I, I told you off air that I don't so much the the reading what 316 means to him and all the, the rating and everything. So, yeah, the thing with Byron was just really fucking stupid of him holding up the holding up the ring, the numbers for, you know, trying to critique Austin was really flat and dumb. But the give me a hell yeah and then cutting to the empty empty stage or empty crowd fucking slayed me absolutely killed me i uh i hadn't really been looking too much at the tv because of how cringy it was i saw that and was just shrieking in laughter <laughs> fucking loved it um <coughs> and really getting out the whole thing was just building to getting byron stunner that was the whole point of the entire bit and it got what it needed to be uh, I kind of think it's saying something a little bit that the two best segments on the show were the two seasoned vets who were allowed to say and whatever they wanted to and have the ability to ad-lib a lot more than what the current crop of stars is allowed to. Yeah, when do you think this current crop of stars is just going to say fuck it and start actually doing shit on their own and just say, I'll reap the repercussions. If it's bad, it's bad. I'll know because Vince will fire me, and if it's good, I'll rise to the top. I think guys like Wyatt and Owens a bit already do. To an extent. I think Owens does to an yeah, extent for sure. already. Um, and, you know, he was the only other one, other than Becky, he was the only other one given mic time last night. So there you go. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh-oh. Um, you guys heard that cough? Uh, no, I've been – I picked a really bad time to just have a stupid Indiana spring cold. <laughs> yeah. So I'm fine. No, no corona here. Although, quick side note, really quick side sure. note. If you remember back in early January, yes, I had the flu from hell. Yeah, you did. You were in real bad shape. Came out of came out of nowhere. You know, body cramps. I was you know feverish, damn near hallucinating, like horrible flu, worst I'd ever had. Came out of nowhere, and then I actually ended up you know down for about a week, and then uh, the next month in February, I actually went back to the doctor's. I couldn't get rid of the damn cough. That sounds really like Corona to me. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah, and they wouldn't have been testing for but, that time because it wasn't even technically a thing. I got tested. I got tested there, but it wasn't tested for Corona. It was I tested positive for the flu? Or well, at least I, she walked back into the office and said, "Hey, you got the flu." Oh man! So I just left it at that. So yeah, it's yeah. I've had that thought running through my head while I'm sniffling and sneezing. Well, crazy thing is that means that if you had the coronavirus, then I've been exposed several times over because I saw you in January. You've seen me twice since then, yeah. And I've seen you in February. Right. You saw me twice in February, specifically. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm the, I'm the little fucking monkey in Outbreak. That's me, yeah. Great. Thanks for the corona, bro. Yep, yep, yep. Um, um, I do want to touch on a couple things with WWE just really briefly because, I mean, really, we've covered about everything they have left. Um, NXT, if they actually do cancel TakeOver or postpone it or whatever they're going to do, They've kind of been in a slight holding pattern anyway, so I don't really know if that's going to affect long-term stuff that much for them. Sure. Um, they haven't really been able to 
um, update the Rollins storyline or the Lesnar storyline, really because they haven't had anybody there to do it. So, you know, they're supposedly going to do something on Raw coming up for it, but I think we're about we've about seen all the build we're going to see for WrestleMania at this point. So it kind of is what it is at this point. Um, I'm still going to watch Mania. I'm still, you know, I'm I guess at this point morbidly excited for it, but not nearly what it would be otherwise. So we're, it's more to see if it's going to crash and burn than to see if it's going to succeed. Again, it's a beautiful train wreck. You can't look away. Yep. Yep. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, that AEW is going to air tonight, and this will be their first time running without an audience. They're running at Daly's Place, kind of their home base. And I mentioned to you off air, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. I think AEW is actually a little bit more uniquely uh, put in a better position to succeed without the audience than WWE was. There's um, a joke about feel indie like guys there, but I'm not going to take it. Well, I mean, there is the idea of indie guys that, you know, are used to performing in front of a small crowd, but you could make the same joke about WWE because they have AJ Styles and Drew McIntyre who are performing on Impact in front of, um, um, well... Just about no one. <laughs> yeah, no the one. End. Yeah. But, no, um, it's because of the being the elite stuff. They've had experience filming backstage and filming with a limited crew and filming these little vignettes and snippets and things to advance their characters in short bits without having the crowd involved. So they have more experience doing that recently and successfully than WWE has. So I'm I'm curious to see what they come up with. Man, and that's a good point, from, actually. I, I, I do think they have a good shot at it, and... I know last I'd heard they've postponed the Blood and Guts match. So I don't know how long or what they're going to do with it. It's not going to be held in New Jersey, obviously, but I'm not even sure if it's going to be in two weeks or next week like they planned on. Um, I do know that they're still, as of AEW Dark tonight, talking about this week being the reveal of the Exalted one. Like, they're still going full bore with Yes! Yes, Bucks of Youth, I knew you'd come. Did you see the episode 11 of that? Um, is that the, the Bucks of Youth, I knew you'd come, or the one the after? The one after the Bucks of Youth, <laughs> knowing that they would be coming. I did see the one where they buried Yeah, Matt. they buried him. You know, like you bury I a did. talent when they're out the door. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, buried him with the, with the tombstone and everything, and then... Uh, had a nice little tie into being the elite where Matt was uh, having flashbacks of burying him. Perfect, yep. So, I mean, obviously you have some ties between Matt and the AEW boys. I think I think we've established that. So, the question is, are they really going to pull the trigger on it being Matt Hardy? You and I have talked about this at length. Are they finally going to pull the trigger? Is it going to be Matt? I mean, unless they're going on a completely just unrelenting swerve and really piss off their audience, I think at this point it's giving the crowd what they want, man. Everybody is, I'm not going to fucking lie, like we're all hankering yeah. for Matt to be the exalted one or for Matt to even have a role within AEW. Right. Maybe he isn't the right. exalted one, but maybe he comes out first 
and we're like, oh my God, he's here. He's the exalted one. He's like, I wanted to put these rumors the to rest. About, yeah. The Bucks of Youth have buried the entity formerly known as the Hardy of Matt. You know? Yeah. Zenith, as it were. And, you know, and then, and then maybe the exalted one fucking in the Dark Order attack Matt Hardy. And that's like a fucking crazy, right. you know, setup. I, I do think that. I think that Matt would be a fine leader for them as long as they. I, I, we've talked about it on the show before. As long as it's not broken, Matt, I'm I'm down for it. Um. The 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 only reason I have my doubts about it is they've teased him so much that it almost feels like a red herring at this point. Like, honestly, they've they've teased Matt coming to AEW enough that it's gonna happen. I think we all know at this point that it's going to happen. Um, we just don't know in what capacity. But the speculation for Matt being the exalted one has been there for so long, and the fact that he's teased it on the Free the Delete shows, it almost feels like they've done it so much where it's just too obvious. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I just don't know what the alternative is. Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, uh, somebody within AEW already, sure. Uh, could be, but I... I you yeah. could do a big Japanese name person who hasn't been on the scene, but maybe has been signed for a while. I don't know who that is, but just you know, riffing. I, yeah, that's that one's lost on me as well. There is the possibility of it being Brody Lee, um, being that the rumor was he was going to debut next week at uh, the show in Rochester. That that would have been this week, and that would line up. Oh yeah, that would have been this the week. The eighteenth yeah. tomorrow. So yeah, that or would. Today that would line up with when they're saying that the exalted one would appear. So, I mean, that would make sense. Personally, I don't want that because I want Birdie Lee to have his own character. Um, I want the Birdie Lee from the Indies or he was just a pissed off trucker. I love that. There you go. So I'm kind of hoping he doesn't get roped into that, but I'm happy to see him there anyway. So I'll, I may not, it may not be my preference, but I'd be down for it either way. I have a confirmation um, for you real quick, my friend. What's that? Uh, All Elite Wrestling is reportedly moving forward with its plans for the upcoming Blood and Guts match on the March 25th edition of Dynamite. Is that going to be from Daly's Place as well? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Here okay. is a quote from Meltzer. It says, The plan, I know that t- Tony Khan was working really hard on redoing the show for this coming Wednesday, but they were at last word planning on doing the Elite vs. Inner Circle uh, six-man for the War Games Advantage on the show this week. Are they mentally going with the idea that next week they're going to have another show and do the War Games match with no fans? I mean, I don't know, he says. But, um, you know, Cody had said uh, that they have to carry on for fans. Right. I, I'm, I'm interested. I, I could see them doing it. Um, it's really going to, we'll see what happens on Dynamite tonight. We'll know by the end of the night tonight. Really, we will. And uh, um, we'll know who the Exalted One is. There's a lot that's going to be... Uh, happening. This is a, pre- a pretty loaded show. It really is from a lot of different angles. Uh, um, I do want to touch on something AEW-related. Uh, there was a pretty big match on Dark tonight, actually. Talk it. Or talk about result. it. Did you I watched Dark, Dark, but I want to see which one you think, which which one you were discussing. Well, they, they uh, the number one or number two ranked woman in the uh, All Elite Wrestling got pinned clean. Riho got pinned clean by a super bad Penelope Ford. Uh, Penelope Ford wasn't the best of matches by any stretch, but hey, that's a rub for Penelope in a big way. Yeah, it is. You just beat the former women's champ. 
Mm-hmm. Looks like she's starting to tumble down and the ladder as everybody else rises up the rungs. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's because she still hasn't, you know, fully moved to the U.S. Or honestly, it may be because she wants to go back to Japan and get the fuck out of the United States right now. She's like, I don't want to be anywhere near you people. Well, I mean, if there were quarantine and shit, she may not be able to get home. It's true. So true. I can't blame her for this. Was last week. She may not even be in the country at this point. Ooh. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, I I think it's a good idea to build uh, Penelope a little bit. She's not the greatest of wrestlers, but the more credibility you can have within that division, the better off they're going to be. Um, I've said before, I think they're they're bringing that division along slowly. The booking's not great, but I think I understand why they're having the struggles they are. I think it's because they're really trying to build each individual woman up, and that's why they don't have a lot, like... Mm-hmm. The Nightmare Collective was a stable, and they were like, no, that's a bad idea because you're making one group look it way more powerful than everybody else. We can't do that yet. Yeah. Well, like, what I've, what I've kind of come to, to my thought process on it is um, in terms of women's wrestling as a whole, not just in AEW, not just in WWE, but as a whole, is definitely on the upswing. It is definitely a revolution, not just in WWE, but it is getting you to be taken more seriously. That is a fantastic thing. But it's not... It's still in its coming up stages. Like, if you look at women's independent wrestling, I can talk for days on end about indie wrestlers, but I don't know that many women. And that's not from lack of trying. It's just because you don't see as many of them. There are women's-only promotions that don't get as much airtime. You look at stuff like Ring of Honor, they're having to reboot their uh, women's division entirely because it wasn't taken that seriously. Um, Impact, for a while, had a very good women's division, but it's been essentially gutted and down to like three people now. The Women of Honor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and Impact's knockouts is kind of, is to an extent the same way. So, it's it's following a little bit of the indie guys going to the WWE where you had all the major indie talent, all the major names, your El Genericos, your Kevin Steens, your Claudio Castagnoli's, your Cassius Onos, well, like Chris Hero, uh, all the indie guys going to the WWE and kind of leaving that, or taking the top layer off the indies and leaving the the uh, guys below them, the undercard, to rise up and replenish the ranks. You're seeing that now in women's wrestling. It's just not as deep yet, if that makes sense. It does. Absolutely. And really, WWE has taken all the big names, like all the major, well-known indie names, for the most part, have gone to WWE now. Um, especially like the Mercedes Martinez signing now. But, well, and then you also you know, consider Candace you have a lot of people that even are now in AEW mm-hmm. who were a part of the Mae Young Classic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, really, basically, what I'm getting at is that AEW was a step behind WWE in getting those main stars. So the ones they have aren't as well-known as the ones that WWE got. And the ones that they're pulling from now to to beef up that roster are even lesser well-known. So they have to spend time, you know, pushing them a little bit individually so you know who they are. And that takes a, that's going to take them more time to get off the ground, and understandably so. I don't think it's uh, out of lack of trying. I don't think it's out of they don't care. I think it's just it's take, it's going to take them more work to build up that division. Because it's not, it there's not as much name recognition as the rest of the roster has, and that's because the talent pool that they're pulling from doesn't have as much name recognition yet. I think it'll get there, and I think it's getting there. Um, 
as you look at the independence now, you've got people like Kylie Ray, Jordan Grace, um, Shazam McKenzie, things like that, that are, you know, building their own names up that you could see. Ashley Vox, you should, Allison Kay, people who were in Impact briefly. Alley Cat. You know, I, mm-hmm, Alley Cat. They have, they have a, 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 a swell of independent wrestling women that you can pull from soon that will have a little bit more name recognition. But I think as of right now, they're still kind of spinning that wheel up a little bit, if that makes sense. I only know Alley Cat because I watched a thing with Dan Housen today. <laughs> Did you see the? there was a rumor going around for a little while that Dan Housen was the exalted one? Oh, my one? God, that would be amazing. Evil Uno even tweeted today that Dan Housen is not the exalted one. The exalted Housen. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, Dan Housen is swearing up and down that Sasha Banks is the exalted That's one. That's hilarious. Because he's Dan Housen and because reasons. Uh, um, yeah, he was on a little show yeah, that he, I ended up watching while I was doing some cleaning today called Straight to Hell. And he gets mm-hmm. to send five things straight to hell with this guy. Uh, and he sent, uh, let's see, Spirit Airlines straight to hell. He sent Winter straight to hell. Yeah, I agree with you there. He sent... I do not remember the Swearing. third thing, but I do <laughs> remember the fourth and fifth thing because the fourth thing was Warhorse. He was sending him to the good hell like where Slayer is from. <laughs> and then Dan Housen said he would like a free trip to hell himself because it would be an enjoyable <laughs> vacation. So he sent himself. Uh, I can't remember what the I third thing it. was. It was... It was uh, Something I don't remember what it was. I, I honestly, and I'll get to the indie indie wrestling here very shortly because there's a lot to go over with that as well. There's a huge thing to talk about with indie wrestling right now. We're going to talk about the collective. Uh, you bet. The collective. There's a lot. There's a, a ton to get to there. Um, but yeah, watching their videos over the last few days, where Dan has is just like posting day one of you know day one of the quarantine and he's just already going insane like he already looks like he's in fear and loathing in las vegas and losing his mind 365 days of cancellations yes yes there's one of him just like just chanting into the into the screen um but for at one point that he did a twitch stream that i watched part of and somebody got him to say up yours and he just thought it was the funniest thing in the world so now he was telling everyone up yours so he smiles and waves at the camera and's like, "Hey, Warhorse, up yours!" <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. He just thinks it's the most adorable thing in the world. I love it. Ah, uh, um, do we want to go ahead and jump into the indie stuff? I mean, we can. I feel like uh, with AEW, we're going to just see how they continue on. I will say that I noticed tonight, instead of there being a superpower episode of NWA, they replayed uh, NWA seventy. Did um. Did you hear what they're planning on with NWA for a little I while? I don't. I didn't hear, actually. They are not even doing tapings for the foreseeable future. Like, they're not doing tapings until probably, like, June. Oh, um, that really hurts I'd, them. I'd have, to, I'd have to look up. If I can look it up on Cage Side, I'll see if I can find it. But um, they're still going to have content, which will probably be like what they did tonight. But I think they are... Again, I have to find it here. I think they are officially, like putting the brakes on new uh, filming for the time being. Here's my idea. You want to hear it? Hold on. While you're looking that shit up. Okay, so this is what I think you do. Obviously, right now, 
There are only two places that can guarantee have events and matches, right? WWE mm-hmm. Performance Center, because they can bring their talent privately, have events. They're just filming it, syndicating it live. AEW, because they have daily plays, because the Jags, same fucking mm-hmm. ball game, right? What I would do if I was AEW is I would get a hold of ROH, get a hold of NWA, get hold of a bunch of the indie guys, and I'd say, look, I know this might sound funky, but right now we're going to launch a second show. And it's a way to help get you guys working while this crazy shit's mm-hmm. going down. It's also going to be a way to leapfrog and get people in on new talent. And for the fans to not decide because of what a crowd is doing, but for fans at home to decide whether or not they like these people and if they're over or not. Right. Kind of a little bit similar to the um, oh, the circle square Kind of, yeah. But what you're doing here mm-hmm. is you can bring in NWA guys who, even though they're on contract with NWA, they can work a couple matches and have a storyline and have mm-hmm. interesting feuds that are just to get them over while they're 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 biding their time. And some of the guys can go away for a while and just be on injured reserve because they've got injuries they're milking and trying to, you know, feel better about. You can have ROH. I, I mean, think, Marty honestly, and fucking the Bucks are friends. Don't let this fucking bullshit right. with Marty getting the deal and he's never going to work at AEW. That's bullshit. They're getting the best slices of both pies now. They have think right. about it. The elite controls two companies in the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just keeping it real. I uh, I think that I like that idea. I just it all comes down to money and contracts, basically. Who's who's contracted with who? And like Ring of Honor, you're probably not going to pull into anything because they're contracted with Sinclair. So Sinclair and TNT not wanting to give each other help might hurt like you're there's the you have to follow the money there at some point and i think that's going to be the one thing that bucks that idea yeah um, i did find the announcement here for sure. you though. um so this is off a of cage side from yesterday uh say that their announcement uh, reveals that billy corgan's fed will be suspending normal operations until june as far as any live performances that includes the crockett cup and two days of power tapings from atlanta the week after um this week's episode of Power won't air so as to not create confusion in the marketplace, quote-unquote. The NWA says they will continue to produce content during their shutdown. So it looks like they're kind of in a holding period for a couple of months um, while they're trying to figure things out. And given that they are they don't have the TV contract, they're not roped into They're not required to do anything for the time being. I think that's not a bad idea. Well, yeah, and it definitely, like I said, it lets your performers heal. Gives them extra time to hone their craft, get their bodies right. If somebody's gimmick is not getting over and it's not what they want, they can repackage now. Yeah, there's... They can kind of soft reboot things a little bit when they get back if they choose to. It's, I mean, it's good for um, NWA. I don't think they need it. I think that their product has been really nice and stellar, and I was excited to see where they were right. going. I don't think that they will necessarily soft reboot much or, much or anything of it. They'll probably just revisit, jump right back into the same feuds, uh, barring injuries and things like that. Yeah. But um, I think they're, they're just taking a hiatus, basically, is the idea. Okay. Well, uh, and, let's, you know, it sucks. Let's but, go ahead and kick it out of uh, NWA and uh, give it back to Buckles for some indie talk. What's what's going on with the indie so, world, man? I feel like it's on 
fire right now because much like all the musicians that I'm friends with, all the wrestlers are being affected by coronavirus who aren't under contract right. with one of these major companies that have guaranteed money and can make sure they're okay in this dire time. A lot of these people work gig to gig. I understand that. I respect that. I right. appreciate that. So what's going on in the indie world, man? So the crux of it really comes down to one thing, and that Mania Weekend is the biggest week in wrestling, period. You know, Full stop. Not just WWE, but in wrestling as a whole. Because over the last few years, you have uh, things like we've talked about the collective, or you know WWN Live, where they have huge supercard shows uh, that all come together in the vicinity of WrestleMania. That location, in this case, Tampa Bay, uh, for that weekend, really. And to be honest, I was going to take actually had already taken the days off. I was going to take two days off. Uh, before Mania Weekend, and just sit home and watch nothing but wrestling. I was going to get the collective and watch them all. Um, we even discussed doing that together. For those for those of you who haven't heard the last couple weeks' worth of shows, the collective is GCW's uh, super package of 15 different indie shows that we're all showing in that time frame. Um, and a lot of these are not just uh, Fed-based. A lot of these aren't just like GCW or Black Label Pro or whatever. You have shows like the WrestleMania, the show that War uh, Horse and Dan Hazard are putting on, uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch, the For the Culture, the predominantly African-American show. Um, those were all going to be a part of this. Now, all of these shows, I talked earlier about how WWE had the insurance backing them. So if they, if they were forced to pull out, they would get their money back. A lot of these smaller shows don't have that. A lot of these smaller shows that are booked... And, and started and put on by the wrestlers themselves in some cases, they're putting up the money themselves to do it. You know, they've, they've funded a significant amount of money into it that if it gets canceled, they don't get back. You know, they're reliant upon the subscriptions and the, the pay-per-view buys, essentially, that they're going to get to make their money back on that. Now they're not getting anything. Um, you also have stuff like WrestleCon, which is put on by the High Spots Network, that rented out part of the Marriott Hotel to have podcasts and wrestling convention, like the C2E2 of wrestling, in that vicinity, and put down a significant amount of money, uh, it's north of $100,000, that they put into their own money, that if it gets canceled, they're out. Um, you have guys that, <coughs> like you just mentioned, that essentially are living booking to booking. They survive based on those the bookings that they get. Guys like Chris Dickinson are going to work, you know, eleven matches in that three day span because they're taking as many bookings as they can, and that money will fund them for a good chunk of the rest of twenty twenty. So if you're a wrestler, think about putting yourself in their shoes. You have all these plans for the money that you are contract you will make that weekend. You've you've planned your year around this, and suddenly. Not only, it's not gone, but now you're waiting to see what happens. You don't know. Um, a lot of them were waiting to see what happened with WrestleMania. WrestleMania ended up being the linchpin for a lot of it because if WrestleMania gets canceled, no one's showing up to Tampa Bay. Period. If there's a travel ban, no one's showing up to Tampa Bay. And suddenly then we get the crackdown on how many people are allowed to gather. You have a show like uh, Beyond was going to put a show on called Big Balls, which I got to love the title. 
but had a hell of a card put together. And they had even come out and said, we're going to run this show come hell or high water as long as we are within the law. So if they say we can't have more, we can't have more than 250 people here, we'll cut it to 249 and still run it. And that lasted up until a couple of days ago, even yesterday, I think it was. And they finally had to cancel. Uh, as of yesterday, when WrestleMania finally announced they're moving to the Performance Center, it's canceled, or it's moving. And it's moving from Tampa Bay to Orlando, a completely different city that pulls the plug on all these guys. Uh, I read an interview on Vice with the proprietor of High Spots, who was running WrestleCon, and said, flat out said, if I if we have to cancel this, I'm going to have to sell my house. But I mean, um, you got to think there's got to be some kind of protection in place for all these places. It's a global pandemic. How is it that well, here's, the here's, companies here's some shit. that are here's some shit that just came out today. What's up? And here's some shit that just came out sure. today, hot off the wire. Um, and it's a story about um, how disgusting some people can be and how good some people can be. Uh, WrestleCon, again, he put a hundred thousand dollars into that. <coughs> excuse me, into that booking was uh, to be held at the JW Marriott in Tampa. Um, when he's saying he'll have to sell his house, it's because Tampa had, or uh, the JW Marriott had said, we will hold you accountable for all $100,000 of that because it is not illegal for you to have the show here and it is not impossible for you to have the show here. So we are going to hold you accountable for that. He posted that on Twitter. The, he screenshotted that statement from JW Marriott to him and posted that on Twitter. That the Marriott Hotel was going to hold them accountable for a hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, of fees because it was quote unquote not impossible or illegal. Now that should tell you a little bit of the the, the character of the JW Marriott ownership. For Fuck one. that corporate bullshit. Yep, scumbag. However, you know what? Guardian Angel got a hold of that and ran a ran a campaign against Who? it. Le Champion, Chris Jericho. Le Champion! Mm-hmm. And when it hit Twitter, it went viral, and he went to task against, uh, even even uh, <laughs> mentioned Trump in it, saying, hey, you should uh, you need to be cracking down on the people that are saying this is not illegal. You're making it illegal, and you're telling them not, they're saying it's not, so you need to do something about this. And finally, uh, this afternoon, Marriott relented and is waiving the fees. Um. So, I mean, that's even just in the last 12 hours that shit like this is going down. Um, a lot of these wrestlers, we mentioned Warhorse and Danhausen talking about what they're doing in this this timing when their bookings, not just at, at WrestleCon and not just at the Mania weekend, but last weekend shows leading up to this. Mania's not even for another two weeks. Their shows this weekend, they're all being canceled. All the money that they were going to have to go to WrestleMania weekend is being pulled out from under them now. So, a lot of these guys are, you know, not really sure where their next dollar is going to come from. And the cool thing is that the wrestling community, the independent wrestling community as a whole, is really doing what they can to come together for it. Um, you talk about guys like uh, uh, Will Ospreay and B. Priestley had their wrestle talk show, was it yesterday, yep. uh, with proceeds going to independent wrestlers. Uh, Black Label Pro is going to run an empty house show coming up alongside an Indiegogo campaign uh, to help fund some of the wrestlers that are on the show. 
Uh, I've seen a lot of different people coming out and saying, hey, if you if you can tweet me a link to your online store, I'll put it on my YouTube feed so everybody can see it, and we'll try to get you some more sales. Damn, that's nice. You know, go buy. I, I, this is me, Buckles, telling anybody listening, if you want to support independent wrestling right now and it's a spot where they can use all the help they can get, jump on Pro Wrestling Tees, go on your favorite wrestler's you know, Twitter feed, find their site, find their merch stands, Whatever they're selling online, buy their shit. Help them out. You know, if they have a Patreon, jump on it for a few minutes. Um, you know, do what you can to help some of these folks out. Uh, even if it's just, you know, helping out a little bit. I've seen a lot of people who had bought the $150 uh, uh, ticket for uh, the collective. And really, I was going to be doing that this weekend myself. I get paid on Friday. I was planning on buying night spending 150 bucks to do that i've seen a lot of them say hey don't refund me keep the money i'll watch your show whenever you guys have it but just keep the money damn the wrestling community especially the indie wrestling community it's the last week has been really surreal and in turns depressing and in turns inspiring depressing to see how many people you have you know, had a you forged a connection to, or you've you've grown to really enjoy. You know, suddenly getting hit out of nowhere on something that they have no control over, and then inspiring to see the rest of the community rising up to try to help them in any way they can. Um, and I know there's other shows like that, Black Label Pro Show. I think I know. Uh, I want to say independent wrestling is doing something. I know freelance is doing something very similar as well. So I mean. There's lots of different things that can be done to kind of help prop things up. And I think I read a tweet from Joey Janela actually saying that, you know, independent wrestling almost was dealt a death blow today, almost a crippling blow, but we will come back and that casket's not closed. We will be back bigger than ever. And I believe it. I believe that as soon as the, the you know, congregation ban, the ability to have people in-house once this kind of once this finally does blow over, whether that be in two weeks or two months, I do believe you will see a boom in independent wrestling again. No, I think I think I you're absolutely right that we'll see not only a boom in independent wrestling, but we're gonna see people wanting to go do things more. Like, oh yeah, I think it's weird you... because I feel like this is gonna cure the whole like. Hey, it, it's Friday night. You're on your phone in your fucking living room doing nothing but being on your phone. You could be out experiencing yeah. the world and living a little. Everybody now yeah. is going to be like, fuck, I have to live a little because I've been trapped in my house for three goddamn weeks. Right. Honestly, think about it this way. we uh, Indiana, I know Illinois a couple days ago, but Indiana yesterday shut down restaurants. You can't go into a restaurant. You can get delivery. You can get you know, carry out, but you can't go into a restaurant. Give me three or four days of this. This is supposed to last until the end of March, but give me three or four days of this, and how much are you going to say, man, I really want to go to a restaurant right now. I really want to go sit down in a restaurant right now. I miss that. I want to go do it. And as soon as the ban is lifted, I wonder how many of those restaurants are going to get slammed. Here's a really sad thing, man. I'm going to say something that's going to affect you. It's going to affect all the listeners. It's going to affect everybody. Listening today to the news, and one thing they said that was really, 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 really crushing is like today – we saw the first large spike in America of deaths due to coronavirus. Mm. And they said that that means that every day we have up number, essentially you restart the counter for 15 days. The quarantine Mm -hmm. time. So 
until we start to see the curve, we're essentially on a perpetuating 15-day loop where they're going to evaluate every two weeks. Is mm-hmm. it time? Nope. Is it time? Nope. Is it time? Yep. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. Who knows how it's going to all play out, you know? One thing I think that's and really I, – I was thinking about this with the wrestlers and the collective and and the indie guys who are struggling and, and especially thinking about WrestleMania. I was like, how would you – how can you get around that? Like, what's what's the sell to work around the situation we're dealing with? And I think it's simple and I think it's interesting Obviously, I think these wrestling guys all have access to different gyms or different places where they practice their professional wrestling when they're not wrestling indie shows. It's how you get good, okay? And obviously, a lot of the guys that work certain matches, and not everything can be this way, because I do understand, too, like you said, I think it was Chris Dickinson has something like 11 bookings in three days he was supposed to do during during, during that weekend. That's not something you can necessarily recoup. But let's say for just looking at WrestleMania, I would have all the matches you're planning on having, make each group or wrestler, however you want to do it, go to whatever is the closest ring for them and film it vignette style. Just those wrestlers, they can tell the story how they want, they can do their match how they Mm -hmm. want, they can, you know what, fuck it, if you need your match to be an hour long because you need to tell some epic classic you know what, for this one, we're going to allow it, man. Shoot your vignette. Yeah, And I then you just that. edit that shit together, and then tell me that if they said, hey, because the coronavirus, we're going to sell this for 75 bucks. We're going to give you the same amount of matches you were originally going to get, but because there's no mm-hmm. crowd, we're going to charge you half the price. Everybody would jump all over it. I think so. Um, I think, honestly, the plan right now is to just run the same shows or as close to the same shows as they can just at a later date. I think that's the plan working right now. I, I I can't say that I know enough about the industry or enough about their individual situations to know what they can and cannot do. Um, I do like that idea. I I don't know that I could say there's a reason they couldn't do it, but I'm sure I don't know everything, to be honest with you. Yeah. So eh, a lot of it has to do with a lot of the wrestlers that were going to be in town for that show don't live in this country. Also true. Uh, I mentioned I mentioned uh, Shazza McKenzie, and she actually was supposed to fight uh, Warhorse at Black Label Pro's uh, Threat Level Midnight, part of the collective show, and uh, for the IWTV title. And she tweeted out yesterday that she's back in Australia. She's from Australia, flew back home, and she doesn't know when she'll be in the U.S. again because she put all of her eggs in this basket. Oh. So that's a she's a fantastic wrestler, and and is one of those that's kind of on the cusp of being, you know, one of those independent women that can make that big jump into AEW or WWE soon. She's one of them, and she's now saying that I don't know when I'll be able to come to the U.S. again, if ever. Ugh. And I mean, it's there's. It's. I, I mentioned it. To, uh, I was talking to my family the other day about about the whole situation about Corona and everything, and they know me well enough that if I mention wrestling, I'm going to start talking about wrestling to them, even though they have no fucking clue what I'm talking about half the time. Um, that it's interesting to watch this house of cards that we have built around us. That you don't think of things being interconnected. You don't think of how much one little thing will affect everything else around you. But, you know, 
you don't think about, well, what happens when we shut down the restaurants? Wow. There's a lot of people out of work. Or what happens when we send kids home for two weeks? You know, give them an extra week of spring break. Wow, that's a lot of that's a lot of people that need help with your kids now. One well, then to top um, it off, like you, the, you know, with the kids, there are some kids in the inner city who they go to school to not be homeless. Mm-hmm. Like that's Absolutely. where they get shelter during the day and fed. I mean, I'm see I see it daily. I work at a food bank, man. I, I we're dealing with that shit right now. I'm busier now than I ever have been, and that's sad. We have a fucked up situation now because we're not doing our backpack deliveries like we normally would be. It's it's a weird, wild, you know, wild west of a world, and you don't realize how much of your world and how much everyone's world around you is interconnected and how much everyone relies on everyone else and how really all in this together we actually are until something starts chipping away at it. And sometimes it's something big, like the 9-11 thing where suddenly everybody's at risk or, you know, the coronavirus now where you, me, and everyone around you could somehow be infected by something you cannot see, can't smell, can't hear, can't taste, can't touch, and apparently are not allowed to test for. You know, you could infect someone without even knowing it, without being sick yourself. Something big like that, and then you look at, you pull that, you you throw that stone at the house of cards and suddenly the, the schools are falling off, the restaurants, the businesses. You have people who are trying to work from home and now they don't have money because they cannot work from home. You have, you know, people getting laid off. You have people who are behind on medical bills. You have overtaxed hospitals. You have, you know, doctors who can't afford to provide care to their patients at times. You know, you have... Again, working at a food bank, we have a ton of food to give out, and we're struggling to find the manpower and the means to do it within the law. Whew! I mean, not to get not to get heavy on a on a wrestling show here. Oh, I think we need a dose of reality, bro. I think it's important to uh, not to uh, quote Chris Jericho here, but to break the walls down a little bit between. Yeah. Us as entertainers and us as people dealing with yeah. a very real thing. I think it is very. It makes important. you. It makes you appreciate. It makes you appreciate what you have and what you enjoy. Yeah. Um, it it just to tie it back into wrestling. It makes me appreciate how much I enjoy watching it because it is my escape. It is my catharsis. You know, it is my way of of interacting with people of like mind, and to see how much I appreciate and how much it feels to feel like it's in a way being taken away from you. Um, and to see how much it feels like when it's taken away from the people that do it. You know, it breaks my heart to see Rhea Ripley getting the rea- or getting the notice that her big WrestleMania moment, you know, isn't going to be in front of 900,000 people. It's going to be in front of no one. You know, and that's, that's heartbreaking, man. You may not ever give another shot at that, and that may be your one chance to be on that stage, and now, through no fault of your own and no one's fault, you don't have that. It hurts, man. Senile ass events in the back, like, God damn it, I'm firing everybody at this WrestleMania. No one's getting over. You know, just to, to tie something funny back into Vince being Vince, 
there was a I did live tweet uh, Raw last night for the most part. I, I gave up trying to live tweet during the Rumble section of it, but now with commercials, um, I can't remember if it was. I yeah, I know. Way to make it stretch out even longer, but I I can't remember if it was on Cage side or if it was on a tweet that I'd seen that. Uh, you can't tell me that, or you can't seriously tell me that somewhere in the back. Vince wasn't trying to yell at somebody while sitting in the grill position while watching the the rumble reshowing, yelling at somebody to try to put McIntyre over, trying to <laughs> trying to edit the show on the fly, watching the reshowing of the rumble and trying to edit it on the fly. Oh, that's funny as shit. He doesn't realize the rumble already happened. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Or as no, shit. even even he does, but he just won't won't admit that he can't control it. Um. It's it's a it's a very strange world that we're in a part of right now. Yeah. And in, it sometimes takes something like this to make you realize just how much what you do and how much what the person next to you does affects you and likewise. Yeah, for sure. I think it right. also, just yeah. to tangent a little bit away, it also, I think this is a perfect time right now as society where everyone's like, you know what would be really a whole lot cooler? What's that? I'm just like pregnant pausing here. If there was no money, if there was no such thing as money, because that's the thing that's got everybody stressed to the max right now in this world. Imagine no possessions. It's easy if you can. Hey, John Lennon said it best, <laughs> my friend. Don't, don't forget you're talking to a guy who named his dog after a Beatles album. Yeah, you may say <laughs> I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. Not the only one. Well, I don't know if you ever saw Dinner for Schmucks, but that was the running gag in that movie. What was the movie? Dinner for Schmucks? I have not. I it's have Steve Carell and his character. He takes taxidermied mice and makes them up in dioramas. Love and uh, he, he, quotes, he quotes John Lennon's Imagine, and he just says to Paul Rudd, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. And then Paul Rudd's like, the only one? And he's like, the only one what? He's like, the rest of that quote is, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. And he goes, oh, not the God. only one what? And it, it, it's, it, that movie's great. Oh, that movie's God. the shit. I think it's I've heard Paul good Rudd. things. I've heard of it. I just One that I have not sat and watched yeah, before. Yeah, good. Uh, anyways, so talking more about wrestling and stuff, you know, it is, it is troubling where everything stands right now i do feel like as we progress really interesting buckles we planned on and maybe we'll still do it just depending on how things shake out we planned on right. moving the show to weekly spoiler right. alert weekly anybody if you yep. want it problem problem <laughs> being it, get on, i challenge you get on the sh get on the twitter get on the facebook page and tell us you want it weekly yeah. i challenge you to do yeah. so <laughs> we need you housing stuff but no seriously like yeah honestly man we're in a crazy time it's really stressful i think that if we want to do the show weekly i'm into it we do have a little bit of time right now to make it easily happen uh wrestling yeah. is in a very interesting flux right now being as the audienceless era this is something all wrestlers will look back on all wrestling fans will look back on mm-hmm this mania is going to go down as one of the most memorable, good, bad, or indifferent. 
It'll be almost as memorable as WrestleMania 2000, which makes no fucking sense. Because what, what happens when they actually <laughs> get to 2000 and they're like, shit, we already did this one. Yep. Vince wasn't thinking uh, then, was he, motherfucker? It's hard to think when your brain's addled with steroids and cocaine, but come on. Ooh, shots fired. No, yeah, into your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Buckles, real quick before I forget it. Yes, sir. Because I forgot it. What were we going to call this episode? God damn it. (laughs) I'm telling you, dude. I I hate it. You're going to have to go back and you're going to have to listen to the track. It said it on there. You're going to have to go back and listen to the track. My brain is about 17 steps behind right now. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Well, um,. You know, before we get out in here, I do think you had some recommendations for us, maybe as someone to watch. I do. Um, I will confess that I did not spend as much time watching wrestling over the last few days as I normally would have. Obviously, current situation affects I'll that. Say, uh, there wasn't much wrestling pass, to be bro. had. <clears throat> there wasn't much wrestling to be had over that uh, over that stretch, and there were a few shows that did air. Really, when I put the 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 top tens together, it's been I've tried to keep it as current as possible, so it's something readily accessible for everybody to watch, or something that I would hope that people have seen. Um, so I haven't watched. I haven't really gotten to the point where I've ad- watched a lot of old shows and found matches that I would recommend on there. And that may be something I do going forward, since we're having a, a kind of a lull in new content being given. I have to an us. idea for that as well. You may see me. You may see me start doing older shows and just top matches that I've seen recently here. Go look them I up. I think we should take a hat um, and put a bunch of wrestlers, like all era wrestlers, modern, current, indie, okay. past, present, future, all in a big-ass bucket. And every show, we should pull out a name from that bucket. And for the next show, you and I both have to come up with our own top five matches for that star. All right, it could be interesting. Could be a way to watch more take wrestling a little more, that we may or may they, not have seen, especially could if we be start a lot pulling of research out guys that maybe that. I haven't seen a lot of their backlog. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Um, but I do have some uh, some recommendations, some match recommendations for Please. this week. Um, just a couple here, not a full top ten, but just a few that I would suggest. Um, the most obvious one being, uh, we'll start with the most obvious one. Um, we didn't really talk about Elimination Chamber. That was last week, and we kind of glossed right over it. <clears throat> and truth be told, there wasn't a whole lot to come from Elimination Chamber. There were no major title matches uh, other than the uh, uh, the tag title Elimination Chamber match, which didn't really change anything. Um, we did have the Shayna Baszler, you know, Going full Lesnar and eliminating the entire field in the women's chamber match, which was a mess. Seems like Nate Good idea, bad got execution. really too high and played WWE 2K20 with <laughs> Shayna Baszler on easy well, mode. <clears throat> Quick aside about that match, really fast. There, I understand what they tried to do, what they wanted to do in making Shayna look like a, a monster, and they did accomplish that, but... They had the opportunity to build a couple different feuds within that match, and because of the way that it was structured, they failed miserably. The two other feuds that they wanted to, A, build to and build from that match, you had the uh, the three-way feud between the former Riot Squad and the rumored matches you were going to get Beth and Natalia uh, against the Kabuki Warriors for the tag titles. 
those were the two rumored matches we were going to get coming out of the Elimination Chamber match. So you would think you would want to have them further that in the Elimination Chamber, right? Wrong. Well, you get... Well, yeah, you get uh, Ruby Riot and Sarah Logan getting to mix it up a little bit, but they were both eliminated by the time Liv Morgan got into the match, period. So there was no... No furthering that because the two of them never had any interaction. The same with uh, Natalia and Asuka. The two of them were never in the match at the same time. All because they put Shayna in midway through and had her eat through the, no pun intended, eat through what was left of the active wrestlers in the match and then eliminate the rest of them one by one. They could have easily had Shayna come in last, pick the bones, eliminate everybody, and still look as vicious as she did. Yeah while still giving the other ones a chance to. So, I mean, that was, to me, a huge missed opportunity there. Um, so I did want to mention that really quickly. However, from the Elimination Chamber show, there was one fantastic match that I had to shout out. Probably would have been my number, my number one match this week, even if I'd gotten to do a top ten. So it was one that I was really excited it's about. It's a singles match. It two was. Two male competitors. Two, uh, Drew... Yeah, Drew, uh, Drew, Drew Gulak and uh, Daniel yep, Bryan I knew you were say it. had themselves a mat classic, as it were. Um, quick bit of a little bit of a diatribe or a little bit of a uh, little bit of a spoiler. I am a big Drew Gulak fan. Sure. I have been since he was in Evolve. Um, I loved him in the uh, <coughs> excuse me the original Cruiserweight Classic. He is one of those Matt wrestlers that just gets it and is very good at what he does. And uh, got a chance to really show that off with Brian this time, and it was fantastic. Uh, you don't see that kind of quote-unquote grapple-fuck matches in WWE ever anymore. Uh, excuse me one second. Sure, bro. <clears throat> Sorry. Ran out of water a few minutes ago, so I'm uh, dry mouthing he a little bit a here. a drink break, folks. I'll bring that drink break to you, brought to you by Podcastrophy. You check them out every other Thursday right here on the Journey Into Comics Network. You just go to journeyintocomics.com or go to Apple Music, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. One feed is absolutely all you'll ever need. Are you back, my friend? We are back in it. Um, quick thing about Drew Gulak, and the match they had was, again, awesome. Great counter-wrestling, great mat-based wrestling. There was a, barely a strike thrown in until about halfway through the match. Um, when he was in Evolve, uh, Drew Gulak ran a faction uh, called Catchpoint, which was all grappling-based wrestlers. It was wrestling purists. And that was a really, really cool faction that involved or actually included Chris Dickinson and a very young Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher, two of which are both in NXT right now. Nice. Bro. But I would not be averse or surprised to seeing them kind of running that type of angle back with Daniel Bryan. Because if you notice, after the match ended, Bryan shook Gulak's hand and wanted to, you know, pump him up a little bit and came in after the fact came in on uh on smackdown following and said hey i want to work with you a little bit more what can you show me that you thought i had some errors in my game do you tell me so we may see a little partnership there and that's a stable i can get behind they'd be a dope tag team tag team give me a give me a i'm a sucker for a good stable and there's been a couple times that 
again, Catchpoint and Evolve, and briefly, NXT had a uh, a very grappling-based faction uh, that never made it onto TV. Uh, that was, God, if I can remember right, it was Chad Gable, uh, Sawyer Fulton, who is Mad Men Fulton on Impact right now, uh, Angelo Dawkins, and I want to say there's someone else. It might have been uh, um, oh, Alexander Wolf. actually. I may be wrong on that one. <clears throat> but a wrestling-based faction uh, that was called like Shoot Nation or something like that, where they were meant to be legit grappling like purists. And they ran it on their, their house show circuit down in Florida, but it never actually made it onto TV. So I would love to see something along those lines come back. Okay. <clears throat> so there was one match to watch. Um, a couple other ones that I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, from NXT on the 4th of March. Uh, Shane's, or, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and uh, Austin Theory had themselves a banger of a little match. Not really much build to it, just a one-night thing but had a really good showcase match. Well worth checking out if you get a chance to. <clears throat> and then uh, my indie spotlight that I did to show, um, I got a chance to watch a Limitless Wrestling uh, show a couple weeks ago. Uh, Limitless being a promotion out of Maine, very similar to Beyond, running a lot of the same talent that Beyond uses. Uh, was a show, It was a match between Christian Casanova and Myron Reed. Uh, Casanova is also on Beyond quite a bit. He's made it on the top ten a couple times now. Uh, Myron Reed is a cruiserweight, uh, light heavyweight type that is on MLW primarily. Uh, both uh, had a really good, very solid cruiserweight style match. <clears throat> and really a cool show, or a cool match in its own right, but uh, made it kind of cemented itself when I saw Myron Reed did a diving cutter, uh, kind of high jump style, over the rope to the floor. Ooh. So, basically, if you can imagine, their ring's a little bit shorter, so it's not quite as far of a fall. It's not as much... So, he uh, leapfrogged over the top rope into a cutter? Yes. Fuck. Uh, Christian Casanova on the floor, uh, standing on the floor. uh, Myron Reed high jumps, like a a track-style high jump, with his back to the... You know, back first over the ropes. no part of his body touching the ropes whatsoever and lands a cutter on the floor. Sick. Just absolutely sick spot. Um, and really kind of escalated from there. The, uh, Christian Casanova is a guy that will probably be on the someone to watch list down the road. He's very young, but he's got a lot of potential to him. Nice. Um, so, yeah, those are the three matches I would definitely recommend. You've got uh, Brian and Gulak for Elimination Chamber, Swerve and Theory from NXT on the 4th, and if you can get a chance to watch it on IWTV, uh, Limitless Practice What You Preach, the opening match is Christian Casanova and Myron Reed, well worth a check out. Um, and then speaking of someone to watch, I do have someone to watch for this week, uh, someone who's been on the list for a couple of weeks now, and really since I started watching MLW again, have you heard of the, Samo- the Samoan Werewolf, Jacob Fatu? Uh The name Jacob Fatu hits my, my brain sensor. You just sent me something of his, he has right? Done work. What's Did that? You just sent me a video of his. Uh, yeah, actually, I tagged you in something a couple week, about a week or so ago as a compilation that had him in it. <clears throat> um, he is a part of the Anoa'i family, so he is a part of that wrestling dynasty of the Rock and Roman Reigns and all sure. that. Umaga. Yes. So here's what I want you to picture: when you look at Jacob Fatu. You have a guy that looks like Umaga, is built like Umaga. 
hits like Reigns, and flies like the Usos. Damn. Imagine Hybrid a Samoa guy Umaga's size and build. Yes. Uh, imagine a guy like Umaga's size finishing matches with the, uh, with the Chris Daniels moonsault. That's and Yes. That's absolutely it. That's the fucking BME. awesome. Uh, is pulling handspring moonsaults, so handspring against the ropes leading into a moonsault on the floor Best or on the ground. moonsault ever. The dude, the dude probably weighs a legit 290, 300. Shit. He's built like Umaga. He's built like a brick shithouse. Uh, throws the same, like, Samoan bulldozers in the corner, the pop-up Samoan drop. He's got probably the best Samoan drop I've ever seen, for, for one. But at the same time, can fly like the devil. And he is currently the MLW uh, heavyweight champion. But he's also done work with uh, with AAW. I've seen him on Limitless. I've seen him in uh, oh, PCW quite a bit. So, I mean, he's, got, he's made his way around, but he is definitely part of the... He's a staple on MLW right now. And just had a hell of a match with Low-Key recently. Badass. <laughs> um, had a hell of a match with... Uh, um, Chima, actually, on their 100th episode uh, about a week or so ago. So if you get a chance to watch them, and that's one you can easily check out because um, MLW is available on YouTube for free. Jacob Fatu. So if you get a chance, go check out, yeah, Jacob Fatu, the Samoan werewolf, uh, member of the uh, faction called the Contra Unit, which is pretty interesting in their own right. Uh, Go check out, if you want a good recommendation, watch the 100th episode, which is, I believe, from last week, and watch the match with him and Chima. And you'll get to see a guy that should not be able to... And we've, we've said it before with guys like... Uh, Keith with Lee. Keith Lee and Dijakovic and big guys that shouldn't be able to move the way they do, and he is absolutely one of them. Fuck yes. <clears throat> so if you want to talk about this new school of big boys, he is definitely one that you need to keep an Those eye on. Those are my favorite style of wrestler now, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a new breed that we haven't seen before. Well, I think that we've seen it very limited, and, and, and one person comes to mind, really, and that's Samoa Joe. There's two Joe. that come to mind for me. Oh, see, I, get, I go a little farther back. The two guys, Bam Bam the, Bigelow, the two too. guys that I can remember, that's one of them. That's one of them. Can you tell me, give me another guy that size that could come off the rope with a moonsault? There's two guys with in that With a moonsault? With a moonsault. You got one of them. Well, I was going to say Yokozuna was another guy that flew and did crazy shit for his size, but he didn't do no, no fucking no. moonsault. Nope. I'm going to give you a hint. Okay. It's time. It's time. It's Vader time. Oh, Big Van Vader, yeah. Big Van Vader, yeah. There's a 320-pound dude doing moonsaults right there. Yeah, you're, you're right, though. And also, you know, being a strong enough motherfucker to, you know, pop somebody's eye out of their socket mid-match. <clears throat> that dude's crazy as shit, for one thing. Van Vader's one guy that... The the fact that he's not in the WWE Hall of Fame or any Hall of Fame right now is fucking criminal. Ridiculous. But that's another 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 story for a different day. But yeah, um, the guys like Keith Lee and the guys like, like Jacob Fatu are definitely in the mold. They're the new era of this big man and really the only two we've ever seen like that would be guys like Samoa Joe or guys like Vader guys like Bam Bam Bigelow somebody that shouldn't be able to move that way and we haven't seen since those days 
So, yeah, I can't really give you a higher praise than that if I'm comparing him to all the Samoans and I'm then comparing him to, you know, Vader and fucking Bam Bam Bigelow. That's pretty Yeah, I think that's a win. I, I'm going to have to – I mean, you've got me, you know, as soon as I get out of here, I'm probably going to start – watching some of his matches while i'm editing this showdown take a look take a look uh, i recommended mlw last week um on the last show actually and again it's a free to watch show on youtube an hour long and there's a lot of really good wrestlers on the come up that you can check out on that show Hell yes um i'd also um so definitely if you get a chance to watch i would recommend last week's episode from uh the 100th episode they it's a good showcase for what they do sweet so, give give MLW a chance. I think that's a that's something to do while you're quarantined, folks. Yep, 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 yep. Check them all out. Well, Buckles, is there anything else you want to add before we dip, dive, duck, dodge, and dive on out of here? Uh, well, I'll be I'll echo everyone else on the planet. Wash your fucking hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your goddamn don't, hands. Don't go. Don't go to parties. Don't self quarantine. Don't be stupid. Don't be a jackass. Yeah. Like, uh, Big E tweeted something the other day that was about, there was a news story yesterday of uh, some really popular beach in Florida that was packed yesterday. Yeah, Fort Walton Beach. I used to go there when I was younger because my family lived over that way in Chalamar and shit like that. And people were just ignoring the fucking... The fucking warnings of not had, gathering the, the and whatnot, a, and then like today, Florida's like, "Hey, we're having a breakup. We're parties. banning the groups of a... ten people or more. <laughs> Fuck you." Yeah. And they yeah. were like, "Oh shit, they're the taking had it seriously. Break up we can't parties. be on the beach anymore." The police had to break up parties over the weekend on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Don't be stupid. Don't be that guy. REM said it best, my friend. <clears throat> it's. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. I don't I'd feel, feel fine. I'm really like I'd feel a lot more fine if I had it, more whiskey you know in my We'll get through, I'm sure. Yep. I'd feel a lot more fine if I had more whiskey in my hand, but I'll deal with it what I can. I'll uh, spark one up in your honor, my friend, in these <laughs> trying times. All yeah. right, folks. So I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. This is Season 4, Episode 13. I don't know what the fucking name is. I can't remember. It was way earlier in the episode. The title is hidden somewhere in this episode. Don't judge me. The title is hidden somewhere. (laughs) It's in there somewhere. It was early, too. We named it pretty fucking early. I remember what it is now. You remember? American Half-Ass. It was American Half-Ass. American (laughs) Half-Ass. That's what it was. That's absolutely (laughs) it. I solved the riddle. I solved the riddle. <laughs> Good on you, Buckles, for remembering. For Journey into Wrestling, Season 4, Episode 13, American Half Ass. <laughs> I've been Nate. Uh, Buckles living the life here. <sighs> Folks, all I can say one more time is please wash your hands and shut your ass. <laughs>